Praise the name of the Lord. I take this opportunity one more time just to welcome each and every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Special welcome to all our visiting friends. I've seen some, some visited with us before, but they're online tonight. And I just want to welcome you one more time in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some may have not named themselves, but you're here. And you're here because God had intended to have you here, purpose in your heart to be here tonight. And we were just so grateful to have you. I believe possibly two or three weeks ago, we were uh, dealing with the subject of compassion. And we had stopped somewhere in Exodus chapter 33, and we'll be going back there tonight. Exodus 33. I read one scripture from Exodus 23 and verse 20. The Lord said to Moses, Behold, Exodus 23 and 20, I send an angel before thee. To keep thee in the way. And to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him. And obey his voice. Provoke him not. For he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. This was a the word of the Lord to his servant Moses in the giving of the covenant to the people of Israel. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Make sure you obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name, my name is in him. My name is in him. The story that we last looked on, Moses was with God in the mountain of God, where he went up to receive from God the tablets of stone with the laws written on it to govern the nation of Israel. While he was in the presence of the Lord, while he was with God, the Lord spoke to Moses and said, get, Go, get thee down for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. Just a quick recap from 
our previous lesson, Exodus 32 and 7. G, uh, the Lord said, Go get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a mountain calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto. And said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land. And so, in the midst of Moses being with God, to receive from the Lord the tablets of stone, the laws written upon it, the laws that would shape the nation of Israel. Moses, in the presence of God, enjoying the divine presence, was quickly interrupted because something foreign was taking place in the camp of the Israelites. God spoke to Moses and said, get, get down quickly. This meeting is adjourned. Get down quickly. For the people that you brought out of Egypt, they have turned quickly out of the way. And they have now been worshipping a golden calf, which they made. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-naked stiff naked people. Now therefore, let me alone that my wrath may wax. And we remember, we, we spoke about how Moses seized the opportunity to intercede on behalf of the people. God told Moses, the people that you brought out of Egypt have quickly turned aside. They have debased themselves. Now they have been worshipping an idol, a golden calf. Exactly what I told them not to do. They have rebelled against me. And Moses, in interacting with the Lord, let him... Allowed him to understand that it was God who delivered them out of Egypt. It's his people. He brought them out with a strong hand. And Moses, his love for the people, he interceded on behalf of the people. Now, In Exodus 33, it's a, a moment after a catastrophic failure as it relates to the nation of Israel. A nation, a people who were freed out of Egypt with one sole purpose. Even what they confess to Pharaoh. Let us go. Free us. That we may worship our God. That's what we want to be free for. We want to leave Egypt. 
so that we may worship God. Now, after such a failure, now the Lord is speaking again. And he says to Moses, depart and go up hence. Thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, Isaac, unto Jacob, saying, unto thy seed will I give it. And I will send an angel before thee. And I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite unto a land flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee. For thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. God is saying to Moses, what I have promised you, the covenant that I made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, promising them that I will give unto them, unto their seed, this land that I promised them. He said, I'm going to stand by my, my promise. I'm going to stand by my word. I will send an angel before thee. And I'm going to drive out the nations before you. You will get the land flowing with milk and honey. But I'm not going to go up in the midst of thee. For thou art a stiff-necked people. In other words, God, the wrath was be, had been kindled with what took place in the worship of the golden calf. Bible said that when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned. And no man did put on his ornaments. What did they hear? That the presence of the Lord, that God was not going to travel with them. He was going to stand by his word. He was going to give them what he had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Unto thy seed, I'm going to give this land. I'm still going to stand by my word. But my presence, my Shekinah, I am not going to go with you. When the people heard these Scripture says, evil tidings. They mourn. No man did put on, on him his ornaments. But the Lord had said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, He are a stiff, naked people. I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Therefore now put 
off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. So the people hearken to the word of the Lord. God says, in just a moment, may consume you. Don't provoke me. Take your ornaments off, your, uh, your, your fine jewels and whatever it may be. Take it off. And let me think about what I am going to do. Bible said the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. And Moses took the tabernacle, the tent, and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. Israel had sinned before God. They are compromised. They have failed. Tragic failure. In the moment when the leader was with God to receive from God the laws to the entire nation, to govern the nation, they lapsed. They sinned, they rebelled. And now, God is now speaking to Moses. And Moses and the people are waiting to find out what's next. God says, strip off your refinery until I decide what I am going to do. Because any moment now, I could be in the midst of you to consume you. The wrath, the anger, the justice of God. But Moses Recognize what was happening. And he did something that was very strange. Bible said he took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp. Afar off from the camp and call it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation which was without the camp. So outside the camp, Moses pitched his tent. And all who were interested in a relationship, in sincere worship, the Bible said, everyone which sought the Lord went out onto the tabernacle of the congregation which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out onto the tabernacle that all the people rose up 
and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. Moses is still in relationship with God. But he is the leader. He's the one who is called to lead this nation. God is still talking with him. But there's an issue in the camp. What will become people earlier we read from exodus chapter 23 verse 20 about this angel that will go with them to keep them in the way and to bring them into the place which the lord had prepared for them but they were warned to beware of him and obey his voice and do not provoke him Because he will not pardon your transgressions. He does not have the ability. He will not rather forgive you. Now, the Bible said all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent. It's a process now of renewal. God wants to, God is preparing the hearts of the people. Moses is in this tent, visiting this tabernacle. The Bible said that in verse 11, and the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. That's the relationship that God and Moses shared. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou will send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. You want me to lead these people, to bring them into this land. And we talk, we're talking face to face. We're sharing such a, a relationship. And you have not yet allowed me to know who are you going to send with me? So Moses, his heart, his mind is on the people. God has said, these people are a stiff-necked people. 
they're set in their own ways to rebel. Well, Moses, his mind and his heart for the people is quite evident. Moses said, now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. See, brothers and sisters, one should always have in their heart a concern for people. Moses could enjoy his relationship with God. God is a God of truth. And he has said, stated earlier that the people are stiff-necked. Moses heard what God said. But Moses' concerned is whether or not is it a possibility that in God there's a place for a stiff-necked people? Is it a possibility that one who is stiff-necked can be renewed? Can they be elevated from the low realm that they have debased themselves to? Receive the revelation of this God of whom I am serving. Moses said, we have such a relationship. I have found grace in thy sight. Show me now thy way. I want to know your way. That I may know thee. For when we know the ways of God. That's how we experience him. Moses said, I want to know you. Show me your way. That I may find grace in thy sight. Not only that, Lord, but listen. And that, and consider that this nation is thy people. God listened to Moses. He said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up thence, up hence. If thy presence go not with me, do not carry us from here. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? How are we going to know that we have found favor in your sight? It is not in that thou goest with us. In other words, the presence of the Lord travels with those who have found favor in the eyes of the Lord. 
Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated and I and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. How can we be seen as a different nation if your, if your presence is not with us? See, brothers and sisters, it is not the laws of men that tells us that we are different. It is the presence of the Lord traveling with the believer that differentiates us from the world. It is not the label of your church. It is the presence of the Lord. Always the presence of the Lord that makes the difference. The Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight. I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. See, Moses is always pushing. He has one opening with the Lord. From one conversation to the other. Now he said, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, thou, cannot, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me that thou shalt stand upon a rock and it shall come to pass. While my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and I will and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. God is setting up Moses. To honor his request. See brothers and sisters. By the time we reach Exodus 34. God. Is ready. To renew his covenant. The prayer of Moses. Has now set the platform. For a pro- process of renewal. Starting over. Israel had failed. Moses. In his conversation with the Lord. His mind for the people. Heart for the people. is pushing every limit. God, you have not shown me. You have not told me. Who will you send with me? God, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your way because I want to know you. And I also want you to consider this nation, your people. Setting up the 
stage for a process of renewal. And now, God now calls out to Moses a call to come back into his presence. And the fact that Moses is going back into the presence of the Lord. Being told to hew the two tables of stone like unto the first. And I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. What were those tables of stone? The laws to govern the people. The fact that Moses is going back into the presence of the Lord tells us that God wants to have a relationship with men. When I say men, I mean humanity, men, woman, boy, girl. God is interested in having a relationship. So he calls out to Moses, come back with two tables of stone like unto the first and be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. I want you to come back. No man shall come up with thee, neither let any man be seen throughout all the mount, neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first. And Moses rose up early in the morning and went up unto the Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him and took in his hand the two tables of stone. One has got to understand when God calls out to individuals. And right now, There is a call in this earth. Outside of this story that we are reading right now. God is interested in saving people. He wants to have people join him. He wants to have a relationship with people. Moses Descended and the Lord descended in the cloud rather. And stood with him there. Now this is going to be an experience for Moses. Let me read this quickly. And proclaim the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him. And proclaimed the Lord. The Lord God. Merciful and gracious. Long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And that will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. And Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. And he said, if now I have found grace in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord 
I pray thee, go among us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and take us for thine inheritance. Moses has been called up to this mountain to present himself to receive from the Lord the laws which were written previously on the two tablets of stone that he broke. And so he ascended the mountain which the presence of the Lord descended upon. And while he's alone to meet God, Joshua was always at the tent of the tabernacle. This time it is God and Moses alone. No distraction. So important is the presence of the Lord. No one to interfere with what was going to take place on that mountain. He responded, prepared himself and went up onto that mountain to meet the Lord. It's a, a new beginning. It's happening with the leader. But this process is going to set the stage for the entire nation of Israel. Moses asked, and it was given unto him. God responded. And so, early in the morning, Moses is on the mountain. The presence of the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, God, merciful. And gracious, long-suffering. Let me go back to 33. Trying to find a verse. We look at that one some some other time. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, God. God brought Moses to the mountain to show him, to teach him how one should approach the Lord. He brought him to the mountain to allow Moses to understand what God wants to be known as. The first thing that is said about God the Lord, the Lord, 
self-existent one. I am that I am. No other God beside me. This sovereign God wants people to understand. Moses, that I am merciful. It's the attribute of mercy that I want you to understand. Uh, Stiff-necked people can't handle wrath. It does them no good. What people need is mercy. And so the first thing the Lord said to Moses is that the Lord God, merciful and gracious. That's why brothers and sisters, If we are going to impact this world or the people of this world, we need to show people that God is a God of mercy. That God is a God who is gracious. He said long-suffering. He wants us to know That he is long-suffering. That's the nature, the attributes of God. God is the Lord, the Lord. God, I am that I am. The very essence of being, the energy, the force, and the source of blessing. I am merciful. I am gracious. A God of mercy, compassion, and grace. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Grace, compassion. What the nation of Israel, the state that they were in, God is now revealing to Moses what Israel need. They need the mercy of God. They need the grace of God. The long-suffering of God. The goodness. Scripture tells us it's abundant in goodness and truth. It's long-suffering, slow, to anger. He suffers a long time before taking action against sin. Slow. And if the, if the scripture said that God is slow, he's really slow to anger. He's patient. We come across individuals in this world and we see how people have debased themselves. And sometimes in us, there's a spirit of condemnation. But God is saying to Moses, you asked me to show you my way, that you may know me. This is how I want to be known. 
by the attribute of mercy, grace, and full of compassion. There are lots of compassion in me. Long-suffering and abundant in goodness. Faithful. And truth, keeping mercy for thousands. Forgiving wickedness and rebellion and sin. God says, I, 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 I show mercy to thousands. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Doesn't matter how corrupt an individual becomes. In me. There's the ability to forgive. And now, see, brothers and sisters, time is wrapping up. While Moses is hearing this about the Lord, the Bible said that he made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. See, his mind, even in the presence of such a revelation, his mind is still on the people who needed something from the Lord. What was the issue with the people? The issue with the people is that they had sinned And God has stated that they are stiff-necked. Moses said, and he said, if now I have found grace in thy sight, in thy sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray thee, go among us. God, if I have found grace in your sight, I want you to travel with us. Don't let us alone. Don't leave us. Don't let no angel come with us. It is your presence that we need. You have said with your own words that these people are stiff naked. How can you send an angel that will not forgive? You have now shown me That your attribute of mercy and compassion, grace, is what you want to be known by. So I have to talk to you, Lord. You, I am agreeing with you that these people are stiff-necked. Because you have so much mercy. You have just stated it. That you're, you're abundant in goodness. And truth, mercy, grace, and long suffering. <laughs> I am agreeing with you. I believe too that these people are stiff naked. But I have now seen something in the cleft of this rock. Something that I I'm beseeching you for. Since the people are so stiff-necked. And you 
have such abundance of mercies. I want you to come with us. Because that is what will be able to handle the stiff-necked people. The mercies of God. I don't want no angel to drive out nations and give us the land. Because you promised it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want your presence to travel with us. Hallelujah. My concern is for the people. They have, uh, you see, Lord, there is, there needs to be an exchange. An exchange. You have an abundance of mercies. Well, in our camp, it's a sticky situation. Stiff-necked people with an abundance of sin. I thank you for this revelation. But can we do an exchange? Can you handle our sins? We accept your mercies. And if, and, and if not so, what are you going to do with your forgiveness and your mercies if there be no sin? That, that's, that's the, that's, that's where Moses' mind was. Opportunity for a great exchange. Camp of the Israelites receiving the mercies of God. Lord taking away their sins. And after Moses protested to the Lord, after he he allowed the Lord to know what was in his heart. He said, the Lord said, and he said, behold, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation and all the people among which thou art shall see the work of the Lord. For it is a terrible thing that I will do with thee. Observe that which I command thee. This day, behold, I will I drive out before thee the Amorite and the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. God says, I'm going to travel with you. What does this teach us as individual? We are sent into this world. Scripture says, Lord said, Behold, I send you a sheep among wolves. Be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. For I, God, so love this world I gave my only begotten son. See, brothers and sisters, there need to be a connection with the believer's spirit that shares the passion 
that God has for the world. Would that, 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 that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. And that's where the mind of the believer must be. Always knocking on the doors, the gates of prayer. And say, you knock until it's open. You cry. It's like a man that's chiseling at a rock. Which behind the rock, there's water. And he chisels each day. Nothing seems to be changing. But he's chiseling. Until there's just a little droplet of water coming through the rock. But finally, there's an opening. And out of that rock gushes water. The believer must have a passion for souls. For the for 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 for, for for people who are lost in this society. Crying for people. Crying for souls. For Jesus came into this world to offer a process of renewal. That any man that believe on him should not be condemned, but will receive eternal life. And that's what he came to offer. Moses did not stop when the Lord stated his case. Moses kept on knocking, knocking. And in the midst of a revelation, Moses found out that God wanted to be known as the God of mercy, as the God that's full of compassion. And as soon as Moses found that out, he said, Lord, there's a, I have before me a stiff-necked people. And what they want is the mercies that you have to offer, the compassion, the slowness, to, to, to anger the abundance of, of grace goodness that's what they need the Lord responded to Moses I will go with you I will drive out the nations before you it's a terrible thing that I'm going to do before you but my presence is going to travel with you. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, you see, brothers and sisters, what people need in this time, the need, the great need of mankind is forgiveness of sin. And if the, if the church cannot make it known to individuals, the love of God, not the judgment of God. He wants to be known that he's a God of mercy. He wants to be known that he's a God who is slow to anger. 
abundance of goodness and truth. That's what the world needs. That's what people need. People need the Lord. He wants He wants people to understand how merciful he is, how gracious he is. Not only people in the world, but some of us who have failed. Some of us who have walked away from the Lord, have sinned against God. He wants you to know, to understand that he is a God of mercy, an abundance of mercy. He's gracious. He wants us to know that we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. It's a process of renewal. You have had your own occasion of failing. You're wondering, is it that his presence is going to leave me? Is it that I'm going to continue in the state that I am in? He says, we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. He's gracious, full of mercy, that we may obtain the stage is set. There's still that exchange sins for forgiveness of sins and find grace to help in time of need. Micah 7 and 18 Who is a God like unto thee? Who that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighted in mercy. He delighted in mercy. So he's not angry forever. He's a God who is long-suffering. He's not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter 3 and verse 9. God is not willing he does not want. That's not his will. That's not his desire. 
that any should perish, but he wants all to come to repentance. 